Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. Go home right now. Is that, is that not the thing? Should we have taken off today? I That's just what got it felt the memo. Like. <laughs> yeah, they, they, the memo. they slipped it in right at like 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Y'all's time out in California. I was kind of wondering if there's going to be a little setup where they did that so the liberals in California could tell their employees they get the day off while the Southerners in Georgia <laughs> didn't have time. And then they could frame it as racist in Georgia refused to give employees emancipation day off. But right. I don't think that came to fruition. But there was there's some interesting angles to this that I think are pretty obvious, but I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about. And it's that, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to have a problem with celebrating the emancipation. Uh, that's, that's great. We should celebrate that. However, that's not why this bill was put into place by any means at all. Because if it were, then they would have named the act something different. <laughs> yes, that's a very local Texas holiday about a day, you know, an event that happened in Texas. In Galveston, right? I think it was Galveston. Uh, I don't know. In 1860, yeah, it was in Galveston. Texas, they used to celebrate it. When I lived there, you would do something fun. Right. So here's what they, just background, if, if you haven't heard it, Biden signed into law yesterday the uh, Juneteenth bill, making it an official federal holiday, which officially it's June 19th, but celebrated today because today is the, because uh, it's on a weekend this year. And that's, that marks the end of slavery in the U.S. after the emancipation of the last remaining slaves. It was Galveston, Texas. And so it is now a legal public holiday and federal employees get paid. So good for Congress. And the name of the act is called the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act. Now, there's a, a few problems that arise from this name. You could have called it the Juneteenth Act. You could have called it National Emancipation Day Act. And you would not have run into some of the problems that you run into with this, which tells me it's very intentional. But we have an Independence Day, right? So you shorthand holidays. People are going to call it Juneteenth, obviously. They'll maybe call it National Independence Day. Maybe they'll just start calling it Independence Day. This was <laughs> not designed nice. to celebrate the emancipation. This was designed not to coexist with July 4th. This was right. designed to replace it. Yeah. Imagine if you're a kid and you don't know anything. You're learning about America's history and you're taught that July 4th is Independence Day. Then maybe the next week or the week before, perhaps you're taught that June 19th is Independence Day. You're going to be very confused. And this is about critical race theory. This is narrative warfare. This is an act of narrative warfare. We're already seeing the Juneteenth flag being raised alongside of the American flag at public schools. That coexistence of that stuff is going to be temporary. July 4th is going to roll around, and we're going to start talking about which one wins out. We used to talk about this with Colin Kaepernick and the knee, turning the flag into a divisive symbol. This is symbol warfare. It's narrative warfare. People should celebrate the emancipation, but what is going on right now? The people behind this do not want unity. They want division, and they are fighting a culture narrative war. I agree that it's like the Colin Kaepernick thing with the flag. I just heard somebody yesterday say as a follow on to what we were looking at at the Rockfin video where she was saying, like, you'll 
Oh, it was the article that I read. So in the Rockman video of the CFR chick who told us that canning tomatoes was just <laughs> however many degrees removed from white supremacists and that you should be careful going to natural health websites or whatever. And they actually uh, said that. Like yeah. They oh, really yeah. said that. Oh, no, it's insane to the point where the, a New York Times editor was scratching her head like, huh? So, I mean, that's pretty bad. But in the article she referred to, which I went and looked up, it talked about how there are like buzzwords for white supremacy, like liberty, nation, patriot. You know, I mean, these are these are not buzzwords for for white supremacy. These are words they they want to associate with white supremacy so like patriot and then i heard somebody else say like as a kind of follow-on to that when i was continuing looking into this stuff that the flag the flag is a representation of patriots patriot is code for white supremacist which i mean they 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 do manifest this reality and they are creating subgroups that think like that q is definitely leading the way in that stuff but I, i it's not crazy and of course the Frederick Douglass, like Fourth of July speech. I love Frederick Douglass, and when he said, "Look, just don't go breaking your arm, patting yourself on the back for Independence Day," when a lot of us are not independent, and yeah, I mean, I've recognized that for a long time. They'll, of course, uh, uh, play into that, level it up, destroy anything that was good. I mean, that is the problem with this: is that the the problem with the American experiment was that it did not that there were slaves when it started. But what you shouldn't want to do, it, it, the slavery was a violation of the principles and the promise of the American experiment. So what you want to do is take that flaw out and still go with what to date, I don't love it, but to date it is the, if we could abide by the constitution and the bill of rights, it would be far superior to any, any, government that exists on earth today if we yeah. could go back to that and just include everyone which is would be the fair thing and consistent with the basic principles yeah absolutely they might have might as well have called this bill the july 4th is racist act because that is how it's going to be framed in the coming weeks we will see some controversy around july 4th i am anticipating yeah so we're already seeing articles pop up about well we have a federal holiday for juneteenth but Republicans don't even want to let the public education system talk about what it what this holiday is to children in the public school. So they're already presenting the conflict of, well, if this is going to be allowed, why is there a problem with critical race theory? This is kind of like a legislative foot in the door technique, uh, persuasion tactic that salespeople use where before you slam the door on their face, they stick their foot in the door and say, ah, but can I just ask you one small question? <laughs> yes. Don't you want to feel safe? You know, something that everybody <laughs> says yes to, that everybody can agree yes. to. And yes. that small agreement leads to bigger yes. agreement based on that foundation. And that's what kind of what I see going on here with the articles already being published about this. Well, we have this accepted. We should not be fighting the critical right. race theory. That's also incrementalism. Yes. That's that, what they call incrementalism, where they try to have radical change and they realized that it wouldn't work. So there are two things that kind of came out of the 60s. There's accelerationism, which is the Cloward and Piven strategy of just signing everybody up to welfare so the system collapses and you have to have a socialism. And then the other thing is incrementalism, which is you just make little inroads in policy until you've 
you know, the, the ripe fruit falls into your hands. But there is something that is not incremental, that is not doesn't require foot in the door. When you talk about like getting Republicans on board with this stuff, I don't know how much of that is show, how much they care or don't care. They probably love the controversy because it reinvigorates people supporting Republicans as you get crazier and crazier with stuff that um, is of is of mostly, you know, identity or symbolic significance. And it distracts from the real stuff, which the Republicans absolutely love. But one thing that I can't and an example of how the Republicans really just make a lot of, you know, it's as Putin said about, I think, Snowden, it's like it's like uh, shearing a pig. There's a lot of squealing, but not a lot of wool. And that's that's how the Republicans are. And so when uh, when Obama had an infrastructure plan, the Republicans just wouldn't have it. There was no way. Republican voters don't want federal infrastructure. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, you, you kind of got them on board with the interstate highway system because Eisenhower said it was national security. I would even question if it has if it's, it does more harm than good, even in that respect. But you just, infrastructure is not something Republicans like on a federal level. But Trump, his first thing when he was elected on election night in 2016 was we're going to get that infrastructure plan in. So now I haven't heard a single peep from Republicans ever, ever, ever since then saying we don't want infrastructure at the federal level. It's just that Churchill thing where now that we know you're a whore, let's negotiate about the price. And the negotiation on the price is staggering right now. Staggering. So I think the original, I can't remember what the original infrastructure plan was from the Democrats, but right now the problem solvers, like, like this is the worst thing I ever want to hear is bipartisan problem solving in D.C. They they have come up with a $1 trillion plan, which already by the, by the end of the first article I read, it's really a one point point two five trillion dollar plan but they're and and it's not a lot they act like oh the republicans like not not enough infrastructure in the infrastructure plan we need more infrastructure i mean that is how far we've come but even then the infrastructure in that bill it's only 10 percent goes to roads roads and bridges five percent for railroads uh half that for airports so it's i don't know what all the details are in that but it doesn't look like traditional infrastructure is a big part of it but there are a couple of other things that are going to come out of this Well, first of all, AOC is saying that this bipartisan thing isn't enough. And there's going to be two reasons for that. One is it it'll make the Republicans feel good because after Trump, all they really care about, all the voters seem to care about is pissing off the people they don't like on the left. So you can't ever have an agreement. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So if she is pissed, they're like, that's good enough for me. But when I was reading, reading and reading, what I think they are up to here, what I think is happening is I believe that. So I think as Bernie Sanders is behind or the Senate, Senate Democrats are proposing a six trillion dollar deal. A six trillion dollar deal. Just think about that. Six trillion dollars. I, I can't even think about that. I can't, can't comprehend that amount of money. So what they're talking about is it's it is uh, lowering. This is part of the things in this bill. And I'll tell you why it's structured like this. It's going to include lowering the Medicare eligibility age to 60. Holy crap. You know, that's like 20 years on Medicare. 
um, adding vision and hearing benefits, providing legal status for certain immigrants, including dreamers. Uh, Bernie says we need to address the crisis facing working families. I don't know. Government to rebuild our crumbling (laughs) infrastructure, of course, but to deal with climate change, to deal with the needs of children and parents dealing with the affordable housing crisis. Uh, Also to ensure that the wealthiest people and the largest companies start paying their fair share of taxes. Uh, Another Democrat lawmaker said, kind of echoed a lot of the same things. This is the House Liberal Caucus. She said, we also need to take on child care. And what they're doing is... They are they're struggling to get the American what what Biden calls the American Families Plan and the American Jobs Plan, which I think this is It's supposed to be infrastructure and they call it jobs. So it's obviously a jobs program, which means they make work so that you can have work, but the work doesn't need to be done. It's make work. It's a jobs program. So uh, the American Rescue Plan, which was two trillion dollars, was already passed, signed into law. uh, That was like supposedly covid relief. But these other two big, big bills they're going to have trouble with in Congress. So what they can do I think, strictly speaking, they can only do this once a year. Maybe they can do it two or three times, depending on the nature of it. But it's called budget reconciliation. And it's this loophole where you can get instead of having 60 votes or I don't know, I don't know if it's the filibuster or whatever, but it just allows in this case, it would allow the Democrats to. uh, Vote on a bill, pass it through the Senate on straight up and down party lines. So it could be like 51 Vote So if they all 50 Democrats plus Kamala in a tie voted for it, it could pass. Otherwise, they need some Republicans on board. So what they're planning to do, from what I can tell, is they're going to negotiate. They're going to let these bipartisan negotiations go forward. They'll bring the Republicans as far to the left as they possibly can, which will be pretty far indeed, I am sure. And then they're going to say, "Okay, this is bipartisan. This is what the Republicans wanted. And everything else in these two bills that they did not get in there, they're going to put in one giant bill and call it reconciliation. And that can be the sky. Since they can only use reconciliation once, you would think it would be like, okay, they have to choose, but they're not choosing. They're making the Republicans show their hands as to how far they will go. And they're taking everything else and they're going to chunk it in this bill. And then they're probably going to pass it on reconciliation. I don't know if they're going to get away with that, but it seems to me that is what they are plotting. And it sounds like the based on the description you gave that they could have just filled in socialism and covered the gamut of all of those (laughs) Bernie Sanders and AOC proposals. Yes, they absolutely. The whole thing is a you know, he actually said and Biden actually said in one of these promotions for one of these bills that it would fundamentally uh, transform the the economy of this country. And don't forget, AOC had this mon- modern monetary theory idea where you can spend as much as you want, as long as you just print the money. But look at what's happened. This is exactly what happens, what everybody said would happen. It's what happened if you have a, a binding minimum wage. It's what happens. They told people they didn't have to pay rent anymore. They gave them stimulus checks. They told them to stay home and not even work. So all people did was spend on stuff. But because there's disincentives to working, which is what happens like with minimum wage, product productivity goes down because the marginal cost of producing something goes down. And that means the price of it would go up. And there's more money chasing those goods. So you get inflation. And inflation for goods hurts. It's regressive. It hurts the people whose where like everyday goods is a bigger proportion of your 
of your income, your pay, your salary, your worth and what you spend. So we can see in this one year experiment, it did result in consumer price inflation. And that hurts the little guy. It's the MMT does not work and we've proved it. And that's it's probably going to be an element of this as the feds continues to print money. Although today they said they were going to pull back and that made the, the stock market pull back. But Regardless, the future is uh, inflating fiat money as the past has been. One might say that it causes lots of problems for the, quote, problem solvers to make themselves <laughs> relevant to, to solve. They should be called the problem creators. That would be a little bit more accurate. And we're going to need to continue printing money because Hunter Biden is going to need to get that allowance. we got to keep filtering money well, to him. The Chinese stuff, I do believe that his interest in China will benefit from the infrastructure stuff. That is what they sold the Chinese back in the day was their access to state by state infrastructure projects at the government level. This is the Mac Daddy. Yeah. And more and more little revelations keep leaking out related to Uday Hussein Hunter Biden, as I, I'm starting to refer to him now. <laughs> He just gets away with anything. And what came out from the laptop? Can we just get all of the laptop information in one fell swoop? Do we really have to do this little leaky faucet oh, thing like that's Edward going on Snowden. here? You'll get more information off that laptop than could fit on the laptop. That's right. Yeah. How many how many uh, GBs does this laptop yeah, have? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. But that just shows that they are using this to, uh, you know, Operate a psychological operation here to either normalize or bury everything he does or keep us distracted or all of the above. But I like to highlight this because it is evidently clear that he can get away with anything. So what came out yesterday was that Hunter Biden had referred to Asian people as yellow in text exchanges with his young cousin. I believe his cousin. It's a, a girl. And so here's what the text message was, and it's from January of 2019, and it was a text message between his cousin, Caroline Biden, and she's trying to fix him up with a bunch of young women. And the text messages are, are on there if you guys want to read them. I'll put a link in the show description. But he said in the message, she asked Hunter, do you want foreign or domestic, referring to women to set him his, up with? His cousin or niece is pimping yes. girls for him? Yes, pimping her she said she can set him up i don't know if these are friends of hers but it reads like someone saying all right here's what i got in my pocket for you to choose right. from which woman would you like it, it reads like he's selecting from a meat locker who sorry can you repeat who this person is caroline the daughter of president biden's brother james oh james is sketchy af james is super sketchy james and hunter were in in a joint venture with that guy, what is his name, Sanford or Stanford, he had a bigger fraud charge or had a bigger fraud conviction than Bernie Madoff. This guy, I think it was in Connecticut. Yes, James is sketchy. It's just like James and Hunter seem to me to be the beards for Biden's corruption. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Here's the little exchange. This is her. I have a Denise, a German, 26. And this is 2019 again, the year. Hunter says, no to Lucy, I think. And then she says, okay, so fine. Do you want foreign or domestic? He says, and you have to make the pitch directly, whatever that means. And then she says, I can't give you an effing Asian. Sorry, I'm not doing it. And then he said he wants a domestic foreigner. And he said, that's fine. And he said, I get... Make the pitch directly. I mean, these are prostitutes. That's what it sounds like. 
That's a prostitute. That's what it sounds like. She, yeah, and, and he, and she says, "I'd give you Isabel," but she also has kids and an NBA ex-husband. And he says, "No yellow," referring to Asians. So he's he's basically selecting women what appear to be Wait, either prostitutes or trafficked. Has an ex-husband who is in the NBA. That's what. Yeah, that's what that implies. Seems to be. And then there's a weird picture of Hunter Biden partying with his cousin, Carolyn, back in 2018 at a resort. And there's a bunch of strobe lights going around. Hunter Biden is raising his hands and appears to be in a dancing mode. And he's wearing nothing but tiny little black underwear. And she's wearing what appears to be foam? a leotard. Was, was Marco Rubio there? That's not a foam party in Miami. I don't, <laughs> maybe he went there afterwards. I'm sure he's bumped into Marco a few times. <laughs> Bump, bumped yeah. in. Well, I'm not going to. Probably doesn't gonna remember it. But <laughs> this is good. I'm wondering what we're going to continue to find out about him. Eventually, it's going to be text messages and photos leaked showing Hunter Biden murdering five people. And people are going to be like, oh, Hunter. It just <laughs> continues to leak out. Uh, that's really funny. Uh Wow. Oh, he is. Look, so this was 2019. Yeah. When did he marry that woman? His handler? 2019 or 2020. Yeah. I mean, she's got to be his handler because they got married within a week. I th- I, I'm pretty sure she's some oh, kind of Mossad. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's definitely, definitely there's a little little sketchiness. Oh, he married Mossad there. He she married her touch. in May of 2019. Yeah. So I think this guy's wheels are off, still off, were off, always will be off. And there will be a new scandal. This is this isn't I mean, this isn't that far in the past, but I feel like we're headed towards something more. Uh, Oh, so can we do a little can we do a little uh, COVID talk? Let's go for it. it. I got to talk a little COVID. Yeah. So I just wanted to alert people yesterday. It was it was a bit disjointed. But in the patron 15, I laid on a bunch of stuff about how I think that the. Oh, that I I remembered and I actually put in the show notes. I think they should be in the show notes from yesterday about a scandal that absolutely uh, passed the smell test of sterilization agents like like uh, to not reproduce in tetanus shots in Kenya a couple of years back. And then the other thing was that the polio Gates's polio shots in India or whatever polio shots by an affiliated company gave quote polio. So that those things seem debunked, but they are totally not. And you can look at the studies that I included in the show notes yesterday. So I wanted to alert you to that. I wanted to tell people that I've been watching. So a couple of videos came across my uh, screen. Peter McCullough, I think the guy's name is Dr. Peter McCullough. That was a very interesting article um, thing, whatever it was, video about how this is definitely a two-pronged bioweapon attack. One is people should get COVID to get the spike protein, and the other is they get the vaccine to get the spike protein. So that was very interesting. Then Weinstein, the guy from the Evergreen College, he has a White Knight or Dark Horse or something podcast, and he had a couple of guys on there 
And this is what happened. I hear them say good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, like right, right, right. I know that's true. It's controversial, but it's true. I know, I know, I know. And then they say something weird. And I'm like, wow, that is weird. Wow. Okay. Like with the Peter McCullough thing, I'm like, okay, all right. I thought it was 5G, but like maybe, you know, good point. So like yesterday I was going to come in with those two videos. Like, you know, I'm beginning to change my mind. And then I started watching Thomas Cowan, Dr. Thomas Cowan videos on BitChute that guy is the shit. I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to curse, but that guy, I, I can't, I never have that. He says weird things. Like, I think he likes Rudolf Steiner, which I can't get my mind around still. He says that the heart is not a pump. It's something else. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like that's where people really, people like will come down on me on Twitter if I retweet any of that kind of stuff. But his mastery of the material, like he is clearly a medical doctor with rigor in both practice and understanding studies. I mean, this guy is like exactly what you want doctors to be. And I have yet to find whether like I can verify this stuff. I don't know, but I have yet to find him saying something that I'm like, now that's not right. So and he kind of addresses all the things that I was beginning to waver on. So I just recommend going to bit shoot and just watching. I put one of the videos here in the show notes for today. And then I just thought it was important for people to uh, remember to know, to recognize that when 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 CNN, for example, is reporting that case rates are high, are dropping in places that are highly vaccinated. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, they need to remember two things. One is in, in basically every case of vaccine success in history, it, they they introduced the vaccines after the disease had already peaked. So the trajectory, the downward trajectory of the disease did not change when they started giving people vaccines. I wouldn't be surprised if it sometimes spikes. Yeah, and they're also likely testing oh, yeah. far so more people in areas where people aren't vaccinated. Well, here's the thing. We're vaccinated people. First of all, when you get a test, when you get a PCR test now, they ask you whether or not you're vaccinated. So we know that that blows the double blind thing. They ask you ahead of time. OK, that makes me think that the CDC recommendations are actually being implemented. And the recommendations for the CDC were that you do not count a person as covid positive if they've been vaccinated unless they are hospitalized or dead. And I think and and the test needs to be cycled at 28 or less. So to me, anyone going for a PCR test who's been vaccinated because they're not dead or in the hospital, they, they don't even need to test it unless unless it's like an either or thing where they do test it, but they test it at a lower cycle rate, which would be unbelievable. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know why they would ask if you're vaccinated or not to get a PCR test. That does that change the, you know, Fauci says that you're your shedding would be so low as a vaccinated person that it doesn't really count, even if you're positive. But that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense unless you're actually, you know, actually it should be higher because if you're going to getting a positive at 28, there's more, not less. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. watch out for those stats. I mean, those things, it lies, damn lies and statistics. Here's your here's your example. What, one quick thing about the doctor that you were mentioning, the heart pump metaphor thing, that, yeah. the, that's just a metaphor. So, like, he probably just describes it with a different metaphor. So, I don't think it's as uh, drastic as it might 
scene. I don't know. I've tweeted that, and people, it's like the vortex theory or whatever, and people have like been mean to me on Twitter, like that is totally, completely been dismissed. So you're saying the pump is a metaphor? Yeah, I'm saying that's just a way people describe it that we can understand it, and he probably just is using a different way of describing it for a different type of understanding of it. Really? Yeah. That's something good that George Lakoff, actually, some of his work on metaphors and the way that we do these to transfer these understandings is actually pretty eye-opening or okay. insightful. Well, he definitely is using a metaphor that describes a totally different process. Yeah. From a Interesting. I, I want to see that. that. I want to look at that. would be a pump process. Okay. So, for our last story of the Free 30, we're going to be talking about an ex-Facebook guy who is investing millions upon millions into developing super military technology. Pretty interesting stuff. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is the latest and possibly the most insane installments of this widely coordinated pro-vaccine propaganda that we are being assaulted with right now. Very interesting stuff we're going to tell you about. And of course, I'd like to thank the sponsor of today's show, Berna Technologies. Berna Technologies is a leader in the non-lethal self-defense category. Their live safe motto is to provide consumers with an affordable device, the Berna HD, for just 359 bucks that allows people to protect their personal safety without having to take a life. The Berna HD is not a firearm, but it is an incredibly powerful and effective non-lethal self-defense device that combines pepper and gas with kinetic hard plastic projectiles that will subdue an assailant for up to 20 minutes, giving the user enough time to escape. With an effective range of 66 feet, the Berna HD is more effective than pepper spray or stun guns that have an effective range of only 10 feet or less and is currently adapted by law enforcement and private security firms across the U.S. to de-escalate stressful situations before having to resort to lethal means. Over 50,000 consumers across the country have chosen the Berna HD as their self-defense option. In fact, Sean Hannity, who is a Loyal, loyal customer of the Berna HD has featured the product on his show as a non-paid ad. Just he loves the product. Here's how he describes his experience as a Berna HD owner. He says, "I've been telling people I recently purchased the Berna HD. You hit somebody with it, and it instantly stops them, but it doesn't kill them. And that is exactly why the Berna HD is a leader in the non as, as a leader in the non-lethal self-defense weapon category. So check them out at Berna.com. People say they want a non-lethal self-defense option, this is your chance to actually check one out. And if you do get one, you type in the, the coupon code PROPAGANDA10, all caps, no spaces, PROPAGANDA10, when you check out, and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. That's Berna.com. Check them out. Support us by supporting our sponsors. And also, if you sign up for Patreon today, I know you had a, an offer for people, Monica. Oh, yes. So, if you... Sign up for Patreon today, patreon.com slash propaganda report. No matter what tier you get into, if I see your email address up there in the Patreon um, patrons list, I will send you an invitation to tonight's VIP DPP. So actually, mm, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get it in time, but uh, I will... Whenever I get it, if you sign up for Patreon, I will send you an invitation to the next DPP, no matter what level you sign up to. All right. And we might you might be able to get it in time. We'll get the show up pretty quick today so that you do have that opportunity to potentially get into tonight's show. It would have to be by um, 730 Eastern. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I know that not everybody has more time for more content anyway, especially with all the free content we put out there. So consider giving us a one-time donation through our donation button on thepropreport.com. It will help us continue to produce the show and to bring you the news and why the news is put in our face and what the agendas are. We have to incur the expenses to secure our content, getting ready for these next round rounds of the purges before we get kicked off of big tech. And you can even support us by buying some of our fantastic merch that Monica has put together. We have these extra large coffee mugs. I'm using one right now, which is not only is it a fantastic mug, the best coffee mug I've ever had. You can <laughs> really beat someone with it if you need to. It's, it, no, it, it is a, a self-defense weapon. Rim. I, I wouldn't get it if it doesn't have a thin rim. It has a nice telling you it's a it's a sturdy mug it's a beautiful sturdy mug delicate and we have a awesome comfortable propaganda report logo t-shirt which monica insisted on getting top quality (laughs) and it feels great it looks great we have stickers just click on the shop button at the top of the propreport.com and go check out our merchandise and most importantly if you like our podcast go leave us a a five-star review and say something nice and kind to us it makes us feel good and also helps us show up in the search engine so Thank you for listening, and now on to the final story of the Free 30, which is about some super military technology that, you know, it's kind of exciting to read and learn about this stuff, and it's also kind of terrifying <laughs> when, you, when you think about who is going to be in control of it. But we have this guy who, he's the guy who created the Facebook Oculus Yes. which is the virtual reality that Facebook uses. His name is Palmer Lucky. He is a former Facebook exec, and he sold Oculus to Facebook for $2 billion, so he's doing all right financially. But he's now got a company called Andural, which makes military technology using artificial intelligence. And what he has created is he has created technology, artificial intelligent technology, and I believe a suit that will turn warfighters into invincible technomancers. Yeah, a technomancer is like powers gained, magical powers gained through the use of technology. So maybe it appears like magic to other cultures, but it's actually just super advanced tech. And the potential uses of the technology are going to be to protect our troops who are defending our energy structure, combating wildfires, stopping human trafficking, creating a virtual border and fighting drug cartels, just to name a few. And some of the things that they're they're worried about are these emerging cyber attacks and everything going on right now, which made me made me connect this that I think we're going to see. So this UFO, UFA, UAP report is coming out of all these scary technologies, right? I'm guessing that we're going to see a lot of investing into the development of these super military tech. Because if I'm a, if I'm somebody, I'm going to the venture capitalist, I'm saying, these UFOs are going to kill us all. We need money now. This is urgent. We need to rapidly develop this super military tech. I bet there's a boom in this coming. Did you... So you did not see the YouTube video I tweeted at you. I watched last it. Night. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. This Luis Elizondo? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because this is from the Washington Post. Yep. YouTube channel saying UFOs and national security that we need, I believe it, it's, it says there's a bipartisan push in Congress to find out once and for all, are we alone? It, there is a demand to disclose any information the U.S. government has been gathering on unidentified aerial phenomenon, also popularly known as UFOs. It's, uh, 
It says as part of the omnibus spending and coronavirus relief package in December, Congress stipulated a report conducted by multiple agencies must be handed over this month with detailed analysis of such sightings by U.S. military members. Business is going to be booming for the military weapons developers and the military industrial complex after this, I'm sure. Crazy. All right. Well, let me give a shout out. Oh, my gosh. So I know I told you about the honey badger. I'm very proud of this latest cocktail. I'm not great at inventing. (laughs) cocktails so when James asked me of the Blackbird podcast to invent the cocktail I was a little intimidated but I crushed it so if you go to monicamixes.com my latest is the honey badger which they are going to serve I believe I think it's June 25th at uh, Betty's for the the um the mayoral candidate, the libertarian mayoral candidate, Nate Atkins, Nate Honey Badger Atkins. You can go to honeybadgerformayor.com slash events. And uh, but I wanted to shout out the podcast as well. James is a patron saint. He gets a shout out. And I must have skipped him last week because I had two from him last month because I have two from him now, which one is that he wants to shout out Monica, Ken, Adam, Pete Q and all the prop reporters who have let me pick their brains on my show. I wouldn't have the second best podcast in the world, if I do say so myself, without them. So check out the Blackbird podcast. That's our guy, James. And with that, on to the Patron 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we put out every day that we drop a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron we will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the patron 15 or tonight at the dip vpp vip vip (laughs) (laughs) acronyms make a honey badger it's not that hard have yourself a honey badger honey lemon and oh you need some scrappy's fire water tincture the secret that's gonna be tricky and I will have my new mugs on display. I think they're going to publish my recipe on Scrappy's Bitters. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. A published drink. <laughs> so you've created a drink. I'm a pu- officially. I'm published. I'm a published uh, drink creator. Yes. Cocktail crafter. Wow, I'm impressed. Thank you.